Welcome to Monday Morning Murder in the News with Alyssa Carroll. Good morning, heathens, and happy Murder in the News Monday that I've been releasing every single Monday morning because the rest of the regular news is just hot, scary garbage, and you know you'd rather be hearing me and my bullshit anyway. I collect news articles along with articles sent to me by you, my beloveds, and others. Thank you for submitting. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Unlike my regular podcast that I write out in its entirety before I record, this is unscripted, and I don't read the articles past the headlines so you and I can react together. It's as if I'm reading the newspaper to you. So, let's go. And on a side note, sorry for missing Friday. Took that as a mental health day. Also, if you hear a humming in the background, that is my air conditioner because I live in Satan's armpit, as I had said in the Facebook group. So first article comes from cbsnews.com and the title reads, defense attorney for Brian Koberger, suspect in Idaho student stabbings, question validity of knife sheath DNA. Yes, folks. Uncuffed and in plain clothes, Brian Koberger walked into a courtroom Friday as the families of the four University of Idaho college students he is accused of murdering last year, watched from feet away. In the hearing, Koberger's defense questioned the validity of DNA found on a knife sheath at the crime scene that authorities allege connected him to the four murders. Defense attorneys demanded more information from prosecutors about the DNA. Quote, They have provided full DNA discovery for the sheath, the knife sheath, but not the other three unidentified male DNA samples, defense attorney Ann Taylor told the judge. Prosecutors countered that they have handed over what they have. Quote, we have given the defense everything that we have received from the... Oh, yeah, I watched this footage on YouTube. I apologize. Um... They've asked for DNA workups on other people. To the extent that they don't have them, they aren't done. The county prosecuting attorney, Bill Thompson, said, we can't produce something that doesn't exist. Now, on November 13, 2022, the four victims were found stabbed to death at an off-campus home in Moscow. Kaylee, Madison, Zana, and Ethan were all killed there. Koberger is a PhD, was a PhD criminology student at Washington State University. We already know all of that kind of stuff. So the entire hearing, it sounds like, was just, and I listened to it on YouTube, but it was just Brian Koberger's people being like, they haven't given us everything. And the defense was like, bruh, we have given you literally everything that we have. If you are looking for a piece we don't have, that means that they're not done analyzing it yet. So a huge waste of taxpayers' dollars. And for our next article, it's another Brian Koberger one. This one comes from thehill.com. Title is, Judge Rejects Brian Koberger's Request for Stay of Trial, meaning no trial. 
So an Idaho judge on Friday rejected a request by the legal team representing Brian Koberger, the man of accusing the four students, to stay his case ahead of trial in early October, according to media reports. Koberger's lawyer had requested the stay last month, arguing that there had been irregularities in the grand jury process. The county magistrate judge, John Judge, denied the request on Friday, meaning the trial will go ahead on October 2nd as previously planned. Uh, he's facing four first-degree murder charges, but there's been an update since this article, which is that um, he is he has waived his right to a speedy trial. So, yay. So I kind of heard a little bit about this one on, I think, on YouTube as well, but I have the article here from NBCNews.com. Title is, Pilot Accused of, ta- of Attacking Denver Airport Parking Lot Gate with an Axe. So a pilot is acute, an airplane pilot, guys, is accused of attacking a parking lot gate at the Denver International Airport with an axe after multiple cars were backed up behind the gate, police said. United Airlines is investigating the incident, which was caught on surveillance video. And it's basically him just walking between a bunch of cars with an axe and he gets up to, you know, like the security arm where you have to stop and talk to the security guy in his booth. Um... Yeah, he just starts whacking and chopping at that till it finally breaks off and he gets arrested. So I'd be curious to find out what was going on with that. And I'm kind of seeing a trend where we're going to apparently have our own little version of Florida Man. This comes from lawandcrime.com. Title is Florida Woman Spikes Drink of Man with Whom She Shares a Child with Raid Roach Killer, according to the sheriff. Yikes. Uh, Let's see. A 29-year-old Florida woman faces poisoning charges after authorities say she put Raid Roach Killer Spray in the drink of a man with whom she shares a child after a night at a bar. Veronica Klein was being held without bail at the Volusia County Branch Jail online jail records show. It was unclear Saturday if she had an attorney. A redacted Arrest affidavit obtained by Law and Crime outlines the allegations before dawn on Friday at a home in Central Florida's De Leon Springs. A deputy was dispatched to a possible assault and battery at about 4.26 a.m. Once there, the deputy made contact with the unidentified distraught victim. The victim told the deputy that Klein's child told him she was coming home from drinking at a bar. As she was heading to the residence, she requested the victim serve her an alcoholic beverage so that they could drink together, the affidavit said. The victim told deputies he consumed about two beverages when he began feeling sick. He threw up for about 30 minutes before he could call the police, the affidavit said. Quote, Veronica stated to redacted, she added raid roach spray to his last two beverages. The affidavit said the victim told a deputy, quote, Veronica stated she wished to do the same to their child they share in common. What? While talking with the deputy, the victim, quote, became extremely ill and could not speak without vomiting, end quote. He provided an audio recording of the suspect allegedly admitting to putting Raid into his beverage, the affidavit said. The deputy took the audio, collected photos of the Raid and the beverage, and submitted them into evidence. The victim has was taken to the hospital. His condition was not disclosed. 
A witness told investigators he overheard the victim and suspect arguing back and forth about the alcohol. He said it was not unusual for the couple to argue, but said Klein is, quote, typically the primary aggressor, the document said. With the help of a police dog, Klein was arrested near the home, heck yeah, canine units. The arrest was captured in police body camera footage. The couple's child was placed into custody of the Department of Children and Families. So I'm assuming no grandparents or aunts or uncles nearby. The suspect has previous arrests dating to 2016, including aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, failure to appear for a misdemeanor offense, and no valid driver's license, the online records show. Well, she just, you know, she just sounds like a winner. I mean, how many of you men out there are going to bring her home to meet mom, huh? Jiminy Christmas. In an affidavit in a case from May 31st, 2021. She and her boyfriend were arrested after a fight while drinking when a man accused her of pointing a pocket knife in his face. Well, something tells me she probably did. Online records indicate the case was sent to a county court, but details about how the case was resolved were not clear on Saturday. Her public defender, in that case, didn't immediately return an email Saturday seeking comment. Well, she just sounds like buckets of fun. Good Lord. Okay, our next article comes from El Paso Times, and the title reads, 18-year-old arrested in killing of Texas girl Maria Gonzalez, 11, body found under her bed. So one week after an 11-year-old girl was found dead underneath her bed in Texas, an 18-year-old man suspected of killing and sexually assaulting her has been arrested, police said Saturday. Juan Carlos Garcia Rodriguez will be charged with capital murder in the killing of Maria Gonzalez, whose body was found at an apartment in Pasadena, Texas. On August 12th, the Pasadena Police Department said in a news release. Police named him as a person of interest Friday after obtaining additional evidence linking Garcia Rodriguez to her death. Police said he was living at the same apartment complex as Gonzalez, but had since left. He was arrested in Shreveport, Louisiana, where he is awaiting extradition to Texas. Trying to flee, are you? So Maria texted her dad saying someone was knocking at the door. On August 12th, Maria's father called police saying his daughter wasn't breathing, police said Tuesday. She was pronounced dead at the scene. Police said Maria was home alone after her dad left for work around 9.45 a.m. Police said the last message her father received from his daughter was her saying someone was knocking at the door. The father told the local station, KHOU, that he told his daughter not to open the door, and she said she wouldn't. After that, he said he never heard from her again. Oh, no. Soon after, the father asked his brother and sister-in-law, who also live in the apartment complex, to check on her. They found the front door unlocked and things out of place, but they didn't find Maria. Police said the father came home from work and found his daughter's body hidden underneath her own bed in a plastic trash bag that was placed inside of a laundry basket. The medical examiner said Maria died as a result of asphyxia from being strangled. She was also sexually assaulted, the investigation found. 
Uh, so the Gonzalez family released a statement thanking police for arresting the suspect. Quote, may he be burdened with the full weight of the law for what he has done to my daughter, the statement said. Well, that's a very mature thing to say. That's not what I would have said, but here we are. So the next one comes from NBCnews.com. Title reads, Utah mom who wrote children's book about grief after allegedly killing husband won't face death penalty. Prosecutors said the decision was made in close consultation with the family of Eric Richens. So I did a podcast on this girl in case you haven't listened to that one to kind of give you like the whole background and backstory of what her life was and what was going on up to the alleged murder. Anyway, a Utah author accused of lacing her husband's drink with a lethal dose of fentanyl and writing a children's book about grief will not face the death penalty, prosecutors said Friday. In a filing in Utah's 3rd District Court, prosecutors for Summit County said they made the decision in careful consultation with the sisters and father of Eric Richens, who died on March 4, 2022. Corey Richens, 33, was arrested in May on charges of aggravated murder and other crimes. Authorities have accused Corey Richens, who authored the book Are You With Me, a year after her husband's death, of spiking a Moscow mule, which is the name of some kind of drink, with the fatal dose at their home in Klamath, Utah, southeast of Salt Lake City. Eric Richens, 39, had five times the legal dosage of illicit fentanyl in his system at the time of his death, the medical examiner has said. He previously told relatives that he believed she had tried to poison him multiple times and that if anything happened to him, she was to blame, authorities have said in search warrant affidavits. So a family spokesperson has said Eric Richens stayed in the marriage because of their three children. Lawyers for Corey Richens have denied the allegations, saying in a June court filing that there, quote, has not been a single text message or other document turned over in discovery to support the allegation that Eric ever believed Corey attempted to poison him, end quote. The lawyers added there was, quote, no substantial evidence to support the charges. I mean, it seems pretty substantial to me, but whatever. I mean, this woman lied so much in her interviews and trying to explain, like she said, oh, I fell asleep in my son's room when Eric was dying. And, you know, phone records show the way it was pinging in their house that she was up walking around. Good Lord. So our next article comes from Insider.com, and the title is Father of 20-Year-Old Murdered by His Girlfriend When She Drove Into a Brick Wall at 100 Miles Per Hour Says She Shouldn't Go to Prison for Life. That did not make any sense. Let me try that again. Father of 20-Year-Old Murdered by His Girlfriend. Oh, the f- okay, so the girl, the boyfriend. Father of the boyfriend, she drove into a brick wall at 100 Miles Per Hour Says She Shouldn't Go to Prison for Life. Got it. So Mackenzie, let's see, a teenager who killed her boyfriend and his friend in a car crash could should not spend the rest of her life behind bars, the boyfriend's father said. Um, Mackenzie Sharilla, 19, was found guilty this week of four counts of murder relating to a 2022 car crash that killed her boyfriend, Dominic Russo, 20, and his friend, Davian Flanagan, 19. 
Sharilla drove 100 miles per hour into a brick building, which the judge ruled was intentional and part of her, quote, mission of death, NBC News reported. A hundred, okay, guys, then I know miles per hour is not, you know, for our international listeners, I don't know what the conversion is to kilometers per hour, but 100 miles an hour is just ridiculous, that's ridiculously fast. To just slam into a brick building, how in the world did she survive that, even with a seatbelt and airbags and all that? I'm trying to visualize it. That's a hard one. However, Frank Russo, Dominic's father, told NBC News on Friday that he did not wa- he did not support putting her away for life. Quote, it's horrible for everybody. Yeah, I lost my son. It's harder on our family, but I don't want the rest of her life ruined too. It isn't going to make me feel any better, he told the outlet. The whole thing's just a shame, he said. She's just a little kid. She fucked up. She did a damn stupid thing, but now her parents are destroyed. Her family's destroyed, too, he said, per NBC News. I wish there was a way she could get some kind of help, some kind of treatment, end quote. Sharilla miraculously survived the crash, which took place in a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio, at 5.30 a.m. on July 31st of last year. All three were found unconscious and trapped in the vehicle. Sharilla was taken to the hospital while the other two were pronounced dead at the scene. Sharilla reportedly cried in court when her verdict was read earlier this week. She will be sentenced on Monday after being found guilty of a total of 12 counts. Yeah, she looks very, very young. Oh, yeah, she looks super young. When reading out the verdict... The county common pleas judge, Nancy Margaret Russo, said this was not reckless driving. This was murder. I agree. Prosecutor said that Sharilla and Russo had a toxic relationship and that she had made multiple threats toward him the month of the crash. Sharilla had previously threatened to crash her car after having a disagreement with Russo. Prosecutors alleged, alleged per NBC. Videos recovered from Russo's phone also showed Sharilla, quote, repeatedly degrading Dominic, threatening him and damaging his property. Prosecutor said she morphs from a responsible driver to literal hell on wheels as she makes her way down the street, the judge said. Well, what kind of punishment? I don't know. That's a pretty forgiving father because I would definitely want to make sure she could never do that to anyone else's son ever again. Unless she's having some kind of serious psychotic break or something, then there's nothing leading up to it. But see, she was already being nasty to him, you know. Uh, That's nicer than I would be. Moving on. Oh, yeah, this is going to be a fun one. This one comes from Kens5KENS5.com. Title says, Man attacked by suspect with machete at convenience store on southeast side of town. It goes on to say, it happened just before 2 a.m. and at the 7-Eleven on the 400 block of Fair Avenue. I love this stuff. San Antonio. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't love people chasing people around with machetes. San Antonio. Police are looking for a man accused of attacking another man with a machete at a convenience store on the southeast side of town early Sunday morning. Officers say it happened just before 2 a.m. at the 7-Eleven on the 400 block of Fair Avenue. According to officers at the scene, a man walked into the store 
carrying said machete, and then attacked another man inside the store, swinging the machete and striking the victim in the head. Oh, wow. Officers say the victim was rushed to the hospital and the suspect took off. The store was closed while police conducted their investigation. You think... You think that they should close the store while they're investigating an attempted murder? I'm telling you. Police are still searching for that suspect. Oh, no. So they don't even know. They don't even have the guy that did it. I wonder if that dude survived. Moving on to the next one. BBC.com. Title reads, Cruel, Calculated, Lucy Letby to Spend Rest of Life in Prison. So it says, uh, summary, this is a summary. So Lucy Letby is given a whole life term with no chance of parole for the murder of seven babies and the attempted murder of six more. Quote, this was a cruel, calculated, and cynical campaign of child murder, the judge said. Letby refused to appear in court. Rishi Sunak confirms the government is planning to change the law to compel convicts to attend sentencing. I think they should be there. 100%. This morning, one mother said the murder of her son was, quote, like something out of a horror movie. Other parents said their surviving children, whom Letby attempted to murder, are now disabled. Just three other women have ever been given whole life terms. Mira Hendley, she deserved it. Rosemary West, she a thousand percent deserved it. And Joanna Dennehy, who I should probably cover. I've been kind of... I don't know why I've been putting that one off. But anyway, it says she was given a whole life term. I already read all of that. Families gave victim impact statements. One bereaved mother said she hated the fact that Lucy Letby was the last person to hold her baby son. Oof. Another said we are living with a life sentence because of Letby's crimes. There was a sense after so many months in court that everyone was there to see things through. There will be no such thing as closure for those most affected by Lucy Letby's crimes. Their statements made it clear that the effect on their lives will be never-ending. Well, of course, because they've lost or otherwise permanently damaged their children. Parents spoke... Uh, As the parents spoke, the only part of the room which was empty was the dock. The judge was clear these offenses are of such severity. He talked about them being sadistic, that he couldn't set a minimum term. She will stay in prison for the rest of her life. She is 33 years old. She will never be released. Fantastic. And, you know, I think I read somewhere, I might have read it to you guys, but I think I read somewhere where she said that she did it because she liked the sympathy that she got from others when she lost the infants in her care. Disgusting. Vomit. So our next article comes from the New York Post, and the title reads, Missing California Woman Found Dead, Suspect Arrested in Shooting and Kidnapping, According to the Cops. The missing California woman who was shot and kidnapped late Sunday was found dead 24 hours later as police announced the arrest of a suspect behind the, quote, random attack. Why would they put that in quotes? Interesting. The body of Andrea Vasquez, 20, was found late Monday in a field of vegetation in Moreno Valley, Whittier police said in a news release. Vasquez was pulled from the parked car she was in with her boyfriend at Penn Park after a gunman fired at them around midnight Sunday. 
Whittier cops arrested 20-year-old Gabriel Esparza in connection to the case hours before they found Vasquez's remains. He was taken into custody at his job in the city of Lakewood without incident, police said. The Whittier resident is facing charges of murder and kidnapping. Quote, at this time, it appears that Andrea Vasquez and her male companion were randomly targeted by the suspect at Penn Park. Oh, she was beautiful. Here's a picture. Stunning. Stunning. Kind of reminds me of a very, very, very young Rose McGowan, but with like the dark brown hair. Just beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Her family was hoping for a safe return before the tragic discovery. Quote, it's a pain nobody deserves, her mother Anna told KCLA. She was my everything. Meanwhile, Vasquez's older sister told the station she couldn't sleep as her sister was missing. Quote, it's hard to get rest. It just feels guilty to even sleep, she said. She's a homebody. She was my best friend. Um, so Gabriel, whom they have arrested, is a not unnecessarily unattractive man himself. He kind of reminds me of somebody. Vasquez's boyfriend fled from the car after the suspect fired, but when he returned, he found blood near his car and his girlfriend gone. Oh. Authorities have recovered a weapon they believe is tied to the crime and Esparza's 2013 white Toyota Tacoma truck. The murder suspect is being held without bail. The case will be turned over to the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office. Whittier is about 20 miles from downtown Los Angeles. Quote, detectives are not disclosing any additional details at this time because the investigation is ongoing. And I'm always an advocate for that because they, you don't want them to release too much. You know what I'm saying? Until they have absolutely without question the perpetrator, you know. Our next article comes from NBCBayArea.com. Title reads, Human remains found near Castle Rock Park are that of missing Saratoga teen, coroner says. Here's a picture of her, too. Beautiful. Stunning. Human remains found on August 12th near Castle Rock State Park are that of missing teen Catherine Schneider, the Santa Clara County Medical Examiner's Office said Tuesday. The 17-year-old was last seen leaving her Saratoga home in a white 2019 Honda Accord on July 5th. Her car was found on August 7th on Skyline Boulevard, but there were no signs of her. Later that week, during a search for the teen, crews found human remains near her car. The coroner's office hadn't revealed the identity of the person found, but in an Instagram post, Nola Schneider, Catherine's mother, said the sheriff's office told the family the remains are the teenagers. Well, at least she was found. You know, I'm happy for her family that she was at least found. Our next one is coming from cbsnews.com. Title reads, North Carolina woman arrested after allegedly faking her own murder. This should be interesting. A 37-year-old North Carolina woman has been arrested after allegedly faking her own murder and making anonymous reports to police and friends, the Franklin Police Department said in a new statement. Is she friends with the chick that kidnapped herself? Margaret Sweeney, known as Maggie, was arrested on Monday for false report to a police station, false report of death or serious injury by uh, telephonic communication, and obstructing law enforcement officers. 
Sweeney's actions, quote, caused our department, as well as other departments, many hours of work, which could have been spent on other matters, the police said. Yeah, like cold cases. She was first reported missing on Friday, which is when Franklin police issued an alert asking for help in locating a woman with brown hair and brown eyes. The next day, police posted an update on social media that said, quote, Sweeney has been located in a neighboring town and is safe. She was all of murdered, pretend murdered for one day. Numerous people posted on the Franklin Police Department page saying they were glad Sweeney was found. One writer added, glad you're safe, Maggie. Don't scare us again. Sweeney's arrest comes about a month after another woman, Carly Russell, a 25-year-old Alabama nursing student, told police she was abducted. See, I freaking knew it. She called 911 on July 13th to report a toddler on the highway. Yeah, this one was just bizarre. Um, So later that month, Alabama authorities arrested and charged Russell with two misdemeanors for falsely claiming that she was kidnapped. Y'all better stop. You're doing too much. Seriously, quit. Okay, our next one comes from People.com. Title reads, One-year-old dies after being left in a hot van. Daycare worker is charged. Quote, my baby suffered. Ramaya Worthington, beautiful little girl, had been picked up with two of her siblings by a van that was registered to the owner of the daycare. A daycare worker has been charged after the death of a one-year-old who was left in a hot van, according to multiple reports. Ramaya Worthington died on Monday in Omaha after she was left in the vehicle at the daycare center, Kids of the Future Child Development Center 2. The van, which is registered to the owner of the daycare, was used on Monday morning to pick up Worthington and two of her siblings per the outlet. However, while Worthington's two siblings were removed from the vehicle at the daycare center, the one-year-old was left inside. According to ABC News, the police believe Worthington was left in the van for around five hours before being discovered. Are you fucking kidding me? But two siblings were taken out, and she didn't think about the third one. She was already taking the other two out. This is what I don't understand about this. You know, I am a very analytically science-minded person, and I cannot wrap my mind around people leaving kids in the car, in the hot cars to die. I can't. I cannot understand that. Oh, my God. Quote, the Omaha Police Department's Child Special Victims Unit is investigating the death of a one-year-old child at 5001 Leavenworth Street. Officers responded to kids of the future child care at 3.06 p.m. Monday for an unresponsive child who was left in a van, end quote. After police were called, Worthington was rushed to the Nebraska Medical Center where she was pronounced dead. The driver of the van, Ryan Williams, 62, was arrested on a charge of child abuse by neglect resulting in death, and the investigation is ongoing. Quote, my baby did not come home. Her siblings did. She didn't. How did y'all forget her? End quote. The child's mother said at a rally, according to NBC, no, ABC News. Quote, y'all picked all of them up took him off the van. How did y'all forget my baby? My baby suffered. She suffered, end quote. Did the siblings not ask where that baby was? I didn't grow up with siblings, so that's an interesting question. But one would think that the siblings would be like, hey, we're, we're missing one of us. You're missing one of us. 
Uh, quote, I'm not comprehending how this could have even possibly happened, the child's father told Six News. The daycare picks them up in the morning, early in the morning. My thing is, how can you forget a child that you yourself put into a vehicle, but you took the other two off? How do you forget one when you take two off the van? How did you forget my baby? End quote. That's exactly what I was saying. The father also told the outlet that the daycare's app showed that his daughter was never checked into the daycare on the day she was left in the van. There's a GoFundMe site um, created by the Worthington's family. So uh, the baby's name again, if you want to go to the GoFundMe is, I'm scrolling back up. It's a very unique, Ramaya, it's R-A and then apostrophe, capital M-I-Y-A-H, Ruh. Maya Worthington. So if you want to go check that out, that would be sweet. And then this one's going to be our last article of the morning. I know, I know, and I do owe you something because of Friday, okay? I'll make Fridays a little longer. This comes from the New York Post. Title reads, New York City woman found stabbed to death in doorway of apartment after chilling Facebook posts. So a 58-year-old mom was found stabbed to death in the doorway of her Brooklyn apartment. I thought Brooklyn was getting better. I've never been up there or over there, but when we were growing up, we always thought Brooklyn was scary and dangerous. And then I thought Brooklyn was upscaling. I thought they were redoing it. Somebody tell me about that. Just days after she chillingly told her Facebook followers that she thought something would happen to her, authorities and sources said, this sounds like the true story of Candyman, you know what I'm saying? So, Latanya Parker was discovered lying in a pool of blood with her throat slashed just outside her Bedford Stuyvesant apartment on Fulton Street near Marcus Garvey Boulevard around 3.15 p.m. Tuesday, cops said. Parker also had a single puncture wound to her chest and two more on the left side of her body, when her own daughter found her with dried blood also caked on her mouth, according to police sources. Oh, she was pronounced dead at the scene by EMS workers. Investigators found bloody boot prints in the hallway in front of Parker's apartment door. Her death has been ruled a homicide. Well, no shit. A daughter of the slain woman told investigators that her mother had posted two disturbing Facebook live videos days before her death. In the second, she warned, quote, if something happens to me, now you know who did it, the sources said. The victim's daughter said she last heard from her mother around 1.45 a.m. Sunday when her mom had returned home, according to sources. Neighbors reported last hearing from her on Saturday night after a birthday party. Quote, I would never think of anyone who would attack her, neighbor Tawani Smalls told the Post Wednesday. Quote, they just celebrated her birthday on Saturday, Smalls said of the family. They figured maybe she lost her phone, so the older daughter came to check in on her, and that's when she found her. It's just a very sad situation, she added. Whoever did this, I hope they bring to justice. Well, if she did two Facebook Live posts, right? Right? Like, come with me on this journey. And she says, now you know who did it. Then I'm kind of wondering if she didn't name the person in the videos. But, you know, they're not going to release that. Here I am going against my own freaking soapbox. So anyway, that's it for today. I know there's a lot more commentary. I've just been kind of chatty today. I apologize if that's annoying. But it is Monday again. This weekend, what happened? It's just gone. Of course, I worked all weekend. But 
We got to get through this week, guys. We can, you know, if you are delivering goods, be it train, truck driver, Grubhub for all I care, Amazon, shout out to all the delivery drivers. You rock. We love you. We might be bitchy, but we love you and everyone else. Have a fantastic week, okay? Love you guys. Bye.